Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome. Thanks for joining in with us. Now, today we're going to teach you how to grow your business through all types of events and marketing funnels. Now, I'm particularly delighted about this because I'm working to release my next book titled Creating Your Vision, and I want to use a series of events to share the knowledge I have in order to help you grow your business. Now, this is really important because, you know, for me, aside from on-the-job training for like 32 years in corporate America and probably an equal number as an entrepreneur, aside from the five years of college and university to get my degree, I've had the pleasure of being mentored by some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs in these past seven years, and I've shared with you all along the way. And a lot of that knowledge as possible is going to be squeezed into my new book, hopefully not too much of a squeeze, called Creating Your Vision. And I'm really excited about today's guest, today's topic, because we're going to talk about some really serious, what, deep in the trenches marketing, if I'm saying that right. You know, perhaps you have your own book, perhaps you have a class, maybe you have something important that you want to get out to your community. Well, this episode is specifically for you. We're going to talk about Go Fast and Take Chances with Mark Killens. Now, that title doesn't quite say what this is all about, so have faith in me, listen up. And later in this episode, we have an insider's brief on scaling up and expanding the workforce with Kelly Jordan from IBM. Stay tuned for that and tell me what you think. And also, please listen for news from our sponsor, Fast Growing Trees, with a special offer for you. This show is available because of them, so please take note and hear what they have to say. That's Fast Growing Trees later on in this episode. And by the way, while we're at it, this is all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality. We want to help you get really successful, very successful, super successful, at growing your business to a high, sustainable level. And we're going to help turn you into an elite entrepreneur like Mark. Meet Mark Killens. He served as VP of Content and Community at Drift. He oversaw Drift Insider, a community of over 50,000 members. And he built the HubSpot Academy. You've heard of that. He built it from ground up, which took the company to over $600 million in revenue. I think that says enough. Let's get into it and learn. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Hey, Tony. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's great to be with you today. Pleasure is mine. We're, you know, we're all looking forward to finding out more about this. Go fast and take chances. A little bit of a, not a tricky title, not a little gimmicky here. So let's just do this. Let's just go all the way. How did it all start for you, Mark? What's your backstory? Yeah, my backstory is not too complicated. I grew up in a uh, very small town um, in kind of the middle part of New Hampshire. My parents moved from Chicago. They're both from Chicago. It's probably where a little bit of my accent comes from. It's like a little Canadian, but also Polish. So there's that. And uh, grew up in New Hampshire, though. Um, small town, 5,000 people. I you know, was in high school with 69 other people in my graduating class. You know, very small. <laughs> and some of the some of the interesting things I did, you know, during high school and then you know before high school was I started a lot of side hustles. I mean, people can call them you know businesses. Some of them did make me some money. 
The most successful thing that I did, though, before I was, I guess, age 18 was I was in a really interesting position when I was at, um, I was in middle school, maybe even before middle school. No, I was middle school. I was like 11 years old. And I was a huge snowboarder. I love snowboarding, you know, the mountains of New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine. And I was always wanting to get onto the snow before the mountains opened. And I, you know, when I was snowboarding at a young age, I was like, oh man, they got these machines that could make snow. I'm like, hmm, how do you make snow? So this is back in like 1998, 1999. And it led me to creating a few different ways you could make snow at your house. So I invented different snowmaking machines for your house. Yes, it still had to be below 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, but that led that interest led me to creating a, a business called Snowscape, landscape at Snowscape, which I made snow at other people's houses, which led me to getting a job, if you will, at one of the biggest snowmaking companies in the, in the world called uh, Snow Economics, now called HKD Snowmakers, based out of Natick, Massachusetts. And I worked with them for a long time. I actually helped design snowmaking machines and helped them work on some of their home snowmaking machines. And that kind of set me up, uh, you know, and, and I realized, you know, I like mechanical engineering. I like all that stuff. Went to school for that, realized it wasn't like fast enough for me, which led me into like marketing eventually and sales. We can get into that. I got into marketing, though, as my, as my first job out of college during the Great Recession. Um, I never thought I was going to be a marketer per se, but there's a, there's a reason why I think I love marketing. And it's because it's very entrepreneurial. It's about helping people. It's about having an impact, uh, you know, on people in a positive way, hopefully. But that that snowmaking story I bring up because that's the thing that really uh, was probably my most successful entrepreneurship endeavor outside of these, you know, fast growing, amazing startups that I joined, and uh, you know, still sticks with me today. Like I, I I'm going to make snow for my kids soon when they get a little bit older. That's really cool. You know, I love around the holiday time to tour through the neighborhoods, and when I see a house that's done it all the way, went all the way and has snow all over their front lawn and have people throwing snowballs. It's so cool. Especially if you live in Southern California where snow, what's that? So that's very cool to have snow. Now, that's really interesting. You have a very kind of surprising backstory because you're here into innovation, inventions, snow. Now, going forward, you've run a business focused on event-led engagement. How did that vision evolve? That was, um, so I'm the CMO, Chief Marketing Officer at this company called Airmeet. And the story of that company founding is super interesting. So the CEO, Lalit, um, he and I talked like, you know, almost every day. And, and when I was looking at joining his business, he was explaining the story from his personal point of view. Like he was commuting into the, into the office every day. And he was also doing a lot of networking but he was starting a family back in like 2016, 17, 18. And he realized that like his quality of life was just suffering. Like he's like, why am I commuting in every day? Why? And I used to commute in every day, two hours a day in total. So one hour each way. So this really resonated with me. So he started this company up in 2019, August, 2019. And it was all about like, how do we build a way for people who are building communities, who are part of a community to do so in a more digital first way. Six months later, we all know what happened. The pandemic unfortunately happened. And his vision was like, wait a minute, this is way more important and relevant than ever before. Um, so we said, all right, we're going to stay focused on communities, but fake, focus a little bit more on events. Because at the end of the day, like no matter if you're a nonprofit, you're part of your 
local nonprofit, local uh, community, could be something with your church, anything, right? There's events. There's always types of events. It could be anything from a potluck to a fundraising event to an event where, you know, you get all the parents together. If it's a, it's a local school and they want to do, you know, a night out for the parents, like there's so many ways you get together. And in business, of course, there's events. So events are like a fundamental way that you grow relationships and trust with other people and you grow these communities. So since about, you know, I guess really the beginning of 2020, Aramid has shifted into this idea of how do you use events to grow a business or an organization uh, and use it in a way that's more strategic than just saying, hey, we should do an event. We haven't done an event in a while. Why don't we do an event? That, that's kind of okay. That kind of works. Don't get me wrong. But putting a lot more intentionality into when to use events, how to use events, how do you design an event for the right audience, what happens pre-event, during the event, post-event, to ultimately help the company organization grow, but also help the attendees grow and have an impact within their life in some way. Uh, so that's kind of the, the backstory at a high level. Uh, and the company's only been around, like, like I said, for about three and a half years. It's still very early in its journey. It's very interesting. I think it is critical and beyond critical, more than ever, to have an event or events for, for all of us. We all need it. And, you know, though you don't necessarily want to see that as a glut on social media, too few, too few are those who have an event to announce their class, their book, their whatever it is. And I think it's, it's the way to do it. You know, here I am, I'm, I'm looking at should I bring in people and, and have like a mastermind or a meeting or a class? But what would happen next, next week? What would happen next month? I think things are a little bit fickle. Uh, but the one thing you can depend on a little bit more, though I don't know about too much, but you can depend on more that the internet will stay on as opposed to something else going on in society, preventing us from gathering or meeting. Who knows, right? Only the governments really know what, what the kind of plan is there. <laughs> so I think that the, these events, this is, this is the way to go. But now I'm going to kind of ask you, I would say teasingly a tricky question. I'm curious, Mark, why? Why do you do what you do? What's your purpose in all this? So this might sound crazy. Th this uh, purpose for my life um, came from experiences in college like it's this came to me when i was 20 years old um and i was riding the back of a car when this hit me it's like a vivid thing right you get these vivid memories that won't ever go away and i remember it coming to me and it's like wait a minute my purpose in life is to help i'm not gonna do it alone but to help change the way the world views money and i always thought that the way that we're going to do that because I, I was studying, like, I studied engineering, I studied um, history, I have a double minor with a major. Like, I had a very diverse four years in college. I took a ton of different classes. And as I was connecting all these dots together, and, like, a lot of the things that I was learning in history um, and then economics, I'm like, we're, like, we're not going down a good path. <laughs> it's, like, this is not good. And, like, it's, ironically, that was, again, that was over 15 years ago now at this point. Um, and it's so interesting to see like that thing that I kind of thought of play itself out now, um, you know, across the geopolitical spectrum, the global spectrum, the economy spectrum, uh, the inequality that's just continues to get more and more severe in some ways. Some, some things are getting better. Don't get me wrong for sure. 
Um, but at the end of the day too, like if you, if you look at like this rise of web three or cryptocurrency, like, man, that's interesting. Cause I predicted that it was going to take education. It was going to take governments. It was going to, so policy, it was going to also take technology to change the way the world views money fundamentally. Um, and like, you know, just new, new innovation, uh, at all these different levels. And like, we're kind of marching towards that. You know, I, I would say confidently in 50 years, the world is going to view money differently. And if I can play a part in helping that and helping, you know, take money, which is probably the most powerful thing other than the weather, we could debate this if you want, but you know, other than the weather, money is probably one of the most powerful things, um, there is and humans control money. Humans really can't control the weather. Um, so it might be the most powerful thing for, from a human control standpoint, I feel like it's a pretty important thing to do and fix. I like that. That's very good on your purpose. I think we, we do value money a little bit more than we should. It's, it's there to buy our food and take care of important things. But I think, I think, and I agree with that is an over, what's that? How do you say it? it? The attention is just too much on money. I know this show is all about growing your business, being an entrepreneur being successful, but money has its place. I, I do agree with that. It's not the end all. And I like that. I want to help you with that purpose. And we're talking about go fast and take chances with Mark Killens. And you can find him at airmeet.com. That's two words, A-I-R-M-E-E-T.com, airmeet.com. This is the Tony Tierso show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues. Go fast and take chances with Mark Killens. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Hey guys, I'm so excited to talk about trees with you. Yeah, trees. I just got a cool tree in the mail that I'm going to tell you about in a moment. And now that spring is around the corner, it's time for us to think about elevating our front and backyard landscaping. Before I share with you what I got in the mail, let me first tell you about fast-growing trees. Their plant experts curate thousands of easy-to-grow plant, shrub, and tree varieties for your unique climate, from Meyer lemons to evergreens and everything in between. Happy plants, happy home, right? But sometimes, you know, it's hard to know which plants are going to do best. We have that issue in our climate. Well, no problem. Because with fast-growing trees, you get customized recommendations based on your specific needs. Plus, their plant experts are always available to help keep your plants growing healthy through the season and beyond. As mentioned, I live in a very unique microclimate, and finding the right plant or tree is not easy. It's quite a challenge, and it gets expensive doing trial and error. Well, the experts at fast-growing trees help you with all of your questions and concerns. They help me pick the perfect tree for my yard. And you know, there's no more waiting in long lines and hauling plants around. Been there, done that. With fast-growing trees, you order online and your plants arrive at your door in just a few days, really that fast. Unlike box stores, you get exactly what you want with them. I just got an Autumn Blaze red maple tree and it is amazing. You're going to see some images of it on my social media. The tree is so perfect. I can't wait for it to show off its incredible beauty throughout the year. And by the way, with fast-growing trees, 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, 
you know that everything's going to look great fresh out of the box. So let's do this. Join over 1.5 million happy fast-growing trees customers. Go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Tony now to get 15% off your entire order. Get 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash Tony. That's F-A-S-T-G-R-O-W-I-N-G-T-R-E-E-S dot com slash T-O-N-Y and elevate your landscape today. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Go Fast and Take Chances with Mark Killens. And just a quick thank you that I sincerely appreciate you listening to my weekly shows with today's elite entrepreneurs. If you like what you hear, please consider giving a kind review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever platform you use to listen to my shows. Look up the Tony D'Urso Show and do your thing. Thanks so much for listening. And now, back to the chat with Mark. Mark, let's get a little bit more into your vision path now. Once again, we're all entrepreneurs and business owners. We like money. We need money. We have bills, taxes, fees, and charges, and everything else to pay for and have some left over to have some fun. So let's get into this. Let's see what we can do to grow our business. And I think the first thing I want to get my own wits around, as well as that of the audience, is ELG, event-led growth. Let's kind of take that apart. What's event-led growth? Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for asking the question. Uh, So first off, it's something that I witnessed at HubSpot and Drift, my two previous companies, that... uh, like really, really helped grow the business. You know, HubSpot now is a $1.5 billion business. I was there until $600 million in revenue. And then Drift, it helped uh, get Drift to about $100 million in revenue in like five years. So th- this stuff works. Um, and the idea came from the fact that events should be seen as this like strategic business imperative. Um, events should not be seen as like, you something you do from time to time or like an offer or even like just a channel events should be thought of as like you pointed out, I have a new product or a new book, or I'm trying to enter a new market. How can I use the power of both online and in-person events? So you got to do both of these things in my opinion to grow the business from a revenue standpoint, but also use events to grow the business a bit more efficiently these days. So right now, that's like top of mind probably for a lot of people listening. And you can do both with events. So I'll give you as many examples as you want, Tony. The simplest definition for event-led growth is a way to discover, engage, and grow your customers through the power of integrated and immersive event experiences. Three things, discover new leads, new prospects, engage those buyers and engage those customers in a deeper way. And then ultimately grow your customers into advocates, grow your advocates into super advocates, all through aligning an event strategy across that journey and aligning it to, again, the higher level business goals. All right, let me play almost naive in this. 
you know, kind of take the point of view of some audience members that have something good and don't know where to go. So, okay, event sounds good, but how do you put it on? Where do you put it on? Don't you need a lot of people for that? Don't you need a lot of this and that? It can be confusing. I think I mentioned this earlier in the introduction. You don't see a lot of events being promoted uh, by entrepreneurs in social media. I have a lot of entrepreneurs of mine and business owners, very few promote an event. So there's got to be some confusion. It's like, how do you get there? Is it, is it a big, giant, giant step? What's some of the little steps? And you know where I'm going with this. So let's kind of uh, bring that along. Great question. You first have to change your mindset of what an event is. An event is not a huge conference or summit or even 300 people, 100 people. An event could be 20 people in an online experience that lasts 30 minutes, 45 minutes about a specific topic and they're getting to know each other and they're learning from each other about the specific topic, right? So yes, there is a purpose. There's an event always has to have a purpose and an audience. And that audience and purpose have to get connected together. So it's the who and the why. Why would the people register for the event, show up to the event and engage at the event? And then why are you doing an event from a business standpoint? So for your case, right, you have a new book coming out. Sounds like that's awesome. You kind of know, I'm sure you know, who the audience for that new book is. Okay. And you might have like segments of that audience. Great. The book is a great example of using a product in this case. It's also, of course, content as a way to design a series of events that are thematically aligned to what's in the book or that piece of content. So, you know, you could have, you know, know, 10 chapters. What if you did an online event that covered that maybe not every chapter, but you could each chapter in the book, right? And it's like, it's almost like an online live book club. And between each event, each, the attendees read the chapter and you talk about ins and outs, the things that went into writing that chapter, secrets, maybe learnings. They ask questions, you engage, maybe you even send them some stuff before or after the event, could be digital, could be physical, to enhance the experience, right? And this could be private, these could be public, you can design. So this is an example where like you're taking something and designing an event experience around it, and it's not going to be a huge lift because it's going to be online. You could also do this in person. You could say, great, after I do these 10 events online, or say it's five or three, whatever it is. I'm going to get that audience now that I've been able to get the attention of online. I built a really strong email database of engaged people. I know who went to the event, who signed up, who didn't show up, how many people went to multiple of these. And then I'm going to market an in-person event to them. And I might do that in two different locations because you can even ask people when they sign up for these online events, where are you located? And you can even, you can even ask during the sign-up process or during maybe the follow-up process or even live during the event, depending on the technology you're using, hey, where are you located? And like, are you willing to maybe travel to an event? You know, and like, so like what I'm getting at is like, if you, if you think about events from a strategy standpoint and you build them with intentionality and you build them in connection to something that you're doing from a really high-level business standpoint, in your case, you're launching a book, very strategic, very important. It's like that that's acting as a center of gravity for you then for you then to build an event strategy around. And that event strategy acts as a center of gravity to help you do all of this other marketing from it. Because 
at each of those events, you're going to get additional content, additional testimonials, additional things from them. And you can use those things to further the promotion of future events, of your book, of other things. So it's just being super intentional and rethinking what an event is uh, at its most fundamental level. I like that. And I've learned a lot just in that answer that I didn't know before. So hopefully everyone is tracking with this. This is really exciting. If you have anything that you're trying to get out there, I really like that. So I get the, uh, the way that it goes in terms of the, um, almost like a funnel. It's like it talking about a book, having an event, and then marketing to those people to see who wants to have an in-person event and just carrying that on. Since I said funnel, is that a funnel in itself or do we need one of those marketing funnels as well? Can you kind of help us understand that part as well? No, definitely. It's, it's a good observation. It definitely is a marketing funnel. That, that What you just described back to me definitely is a funnel. I'd also say that there's a bigger funnel. I would think of it less even as a funnel, more as a customer journey that you're also taking people on when it comes to your business, your brand. And that kind of more aligns to the discover, engage, grow phases, those three phases of event-led growth. So there's probably a lot of ways someone can discover Tony in your, in your content, right? There's the podcast, there's your website, there's places where you've spoken, all these things, right? There could be events too, right? You could do more events. At the end of the day though, um, when it comes to events, you're trying to think about What's going to help me attract a new audience, some new leads, new, new people into my funnel and make them aware of the problems I can help them solve and make them more aware about the brand and you know, just, just generally the vibe and the, the community uh, that we're building that we've built. Right? That's all the discover, right? And, and you're learning at the same time, like, hey, I'm discovering more about you as I bring you into this uh, community and brand, um, which then leads you to the second phase, which is engage. I'm going to now have these people, these email addresses, these people, these people in my database, and I'm going to figure out how to engage them in a deeper way. And I'm going to do that with events. And maybe that's in person, maybe that's online. But like an example of that would be, all right, I have all of these people that uh, I think, you know, really should be buying my product or service. How do I get them to buy it? One idea is to do an event where you have customers and prospects together in the event. And you have customers, in your case, maybe fans, people that have, you know, consumed your content in the past, talk about how it's changed their life. And have them on stage and have them be the star, right? And like you're just facilitating the event, but you're putting these customers in front of other prospects and customers and getting them to engage and getting them all fired up. And that's a shared experience. That's going to help build the relationships faster, the trust faster. And now you also, because those customers are doing that live in an event, you have the recordings, you have all the audio, the video, you can repurpose that, you can repackage that, right? To further the engagement of your buyers and customers that are more in the middle of that kind of funnel, if you will. And then at the bottom, but it's not really in the bottom, but the bottom at the end, it never should end at the end of the day. It's like the grow, right? It's like, now that I have customers, how am I going to grow my customers into like just super advocates, loyal, loyal fans, people that are going to be really active in the community, right? There's always like that, you know, rule of like, you know, 80, 20, or, you know, 20% of, of the people are, you know, 
driving 80% of the engagement, but like, it's, it's all about how do you make people feel super special and you start to use the events to grow the flywheel. So for HubSpot, for example, HubSpot still does this to this day. They do a lot of customer only events that, that are adding a tremendous amount of like education for each customer. It's like, Hey, I, we're going to teach you something unique to what you care about, to your problem right now. And we're going to bring in like one of our executives or an executive from somewhere else. And you're going to get a, a mastermind with this person through this event. Again, it could be online or, or you, know, um, you know, in person. And you're going to network, yeah, but you're going to learn in like 60 minutes something that you can actually take back to your business in the next, in, in the next day uh, and, and start to do it. Um, and, and that's just reinforcing all this goodwill that's been built, right? Increasing the lifetime value of these customers through education by, by way of delivering that education through an event. Sure, you could do the same thing and have a video, but like Tony, if, if you just do videos and you don't get people talking and meeting and networking and engaging them in a more deeper way than just having someone watch a video on your website or YouTube, you're missing out on a huge opportunity to increase the exposure to your brand, to your business, and use events as that center of gravity that pulls people together that also allows you to create all of these great assets or content after the event is over as well. So hopefully that kind of illustrates like this bigger journey across like this journey of customers through discover, engage, and grow. I like that a lot. There's more to it in growing than putting a post on Twitter, more to it than having a show about it, a podcast or, or doing a video on YouTube. There's, there's a lot more to it. This is the Tony Tierso show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues. Go fast and take chances with Mark Killens. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Have you made a note to check out fastgrowingtrees.com slash Tony? You're an entrepreneur and you're used to making notes on your things to do list and getting her done. So make a note, go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Tony. And remember, you get 15% off your entire order. That's a serious discount. So take advantage of that really fast and elevate your property landscaping ASAP. Sound good? Let's do this. You're listening to The Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Erso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Go Fast and Take Chances with Mark Killens. And check out my Elite Entrepreneur interviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can find and listen to just about every interview I ever recorded at Tony d-u-r-s-o.com slash podcast and i do mean all seven years of interviews are found on the master archives at tony d-u-r-s-o.com slash podcast and now back to the chat with mark when we get into your level of what we're talking about i can almost imagine there's some confusions there's you know there's webinars there's online events they should they're probably the same thing there's masterminds 
let me guess, don't tell me there's masterminds, there's in-person, there's, uh, there's classes, there seems to be so many different types of these. Now, at the beginning, you said that you felt it was very important to have that personal as well. And I, being in sales for a long time, you know, I'm, I'm right there too, singing with the choir. That is just so important. Maybe, maybe not available two months from now, maybe available four months from now. We don't know where the society's going, but for sure we know that there's a lot of these online. And if possible, we can get into that virtual. So let me ask you, what are these? I guess, again, going back, what are these types of events that you feel are really important that go above and beyond just writing a post? Yeah, it's a good question. So I'll, I'll break them into like three categories, kind of the rule of three. So to get started, I would do short online events. I advise some early stage startups. There's a startup called uh, Founder Path. Founder Path. And I'm like, folks, you're, you're selling to people that care about revenue operations. It's a very common thing now in the SaaS world and, and really any company because so many companies have been disrupted over the last 20 years because of technology and the digital transformation of their business. So, so many companies now just run so much of their business on software, of course. So they need revenue operations, which means how do we understand the data, the systems, et cetera, to find insights into how we can actually improve, improve business performance and business planning? The, the audience revenue operations, they can narrow it down a bit. I'm like, look, do your first event online, 60 minutes. You could use a free AirMeet account for this if you want even. We offer a free product. And get... 50 to 100 people to attend and have a panel discussion. I mean, we got to make sure it's planned out though. The key to these events is even 60 minutes, like do some planning, have some prep calls where these three people with, with a host, you need a host that's hopefully pretty dynamic. That's the thing that I think a lot of people miss, a dynamic host that moves the conversation along where the panel's talking about specific examples and stories that people can learn from and take back and implement the next day. And guess what happened? They, they did the planning. They wrote the brief. They, they really did a good job of articulating what people are going to get out of this event, who should attend. They had 250 people sign up. Over 150 people showed up. And they got seven demos, seven you know, requests for a meeting, a, a demo, out of just that one event. And they're like, mind's blown. They're like, wait a minute. this is like, and, and they're going to create a ton of content from the panel discussion in the form of blog posts social posts because they have all the transcriptions of the video now, right? And now they're doing like three more. Like now they, they, they that one thing just like sparked the event-led growth like thing in their mind. So it was a short online event. The other great online event that's short that you could do is debates. People love debates. The panel is good, but you got to make sure the panel isn't just like yesing people to death. Like, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. You got to make sure it's like, again, story-based, example-based. You got a good host. Do a debate. We have two people that have different points of view. This is really interesting. And, and it's like it's, it's, it's like a live, uh, almost like news show, right? They have segments on the show. And, do, and you could do this for like 10 minutes and then do another segment for 10 minutes and another segment for 10 minutes, 30 minutes. And you have three debates. And I guarantee your audience will find that more interesting than just watching a video. Because first off, they'll be able to participate and engage and interact if you're using the right technology. And you're going to get great content from that debate that you can use again down the road. Another great event that's small and short for an online audience is when you um, have a customer come on 
and do a, a, a deeper explanation of how they were able to use your product to achieve some type of business problem, right? And, and, and what the results are. People love learning from customers. They love examples, cannot stress this enough. Another great type of a short online event. Now, the second category is more like virtual or in-person events that are two, three, half-day long events. Those are more hard to produce, takes definitely more effort, usually more money, um, but they have huge payoffs too. If, if you, again, focus on the right audience with the right purpose, and you have you know probably someone at least to help you do it because it's hard to do this just on your own. It's, if you're one person, you can do it, but it's hard. And these are more things you would do maybe once a quarter, maybe every six months. The best way to put on those bigger events is with a, with a partner, a co-marketing or a partner that you have a relationship with that has a similar ideal customer profile, similar audience, similar belief system to you, complementary product. That's a great example of doing one of these more medium-sized online events or in-person events that are like half day, two to four hours, maybe five hours. The next style event, which you get to eventually once you do a couple of these, because again, you're building that audience, right? Going to your point about a funnel, you do like the full day or multi-day summit style event, right? That's when you get, you probably have an agency, production company, et cetera, help you out. Though the step in that direction, if you don't want to do it in person, just do that online. I wouldn't do a full all day online event though anymore. Those don't hit, they, they don't land. What you can do though is a multi-day online event. So you do one or two hours a day for three days. One of our customers, for example, just last week did a five-day event. Each day targeted at a different audience, all with the same lead, the same theme of how do you go to, how do you go to market with different partners? So they call it partner-led. So there was a day about partner-led marketing, partner-led sales, partner-led um, startups partner-led uh, customer success. And they had like three or four hours of programming every day, but they made it super interactive, amazing speakers, m- amazing networking. And they they did it across you know five days, like I said, but it, it wasn't trying to jam it all in one day. Uh, so if you do online, you, you got to think about how to break it up and make it more digestible. In person, yeah, you could have a, a full in-person day event. The only caveat I say with in-person these days is make sure you spend a lot more time on the networking piece and the experience piece and not have just session after session after session for in-person events. People more than ever before want to meet people and network and shake hands and hang out. And it's less about just like learning. They can go online to learn. They can go to your online events. They can go watch a video online. They don't have to like learn in person necessarily. Those are some very compelling points. I'm not sure which way to go. It sounds like I see why you say you need to do all of these, but the first place to start, I totally get, is that online. And I'm thinking with this, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, here I am, a member of the audience. I'm an entrepreneur, solopreneur, business owner. Whether I'm doing seven figures or eight digits or or six digits and a half, it doesn't matter because you can do so much from home. But a lot of them seems to be uh, fr- from what I see on my social media and people speaking with me. They're small groups. It, it doesn't take a lot to make a million. It just doesn't. So with a small group, they don't usually necess- necessarily think of doing all of these things to get their, get their product out. But as you're saying this, I'm thinking, this is any size. Any size business can just jump in, right? 
they could start in with an online event and just test the waters, get their programs and plans or whatever in place, and then grow into whether it's that in-person or that, that online summit. These are very interesting, but, but my takeaway on that is anybody of anybody or company or business of any size can jump into this. Oh, yeah. I mean, that business example I gave you about that company that I, I shared a few minutes ago, uh, five people pre-revenue did that. If you're trying to build an audience, do events. That's all I can say. This is the Tony Tierso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues. Go fast and take chances with Mark Killens. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Hey, one other thing I wanted to mention. Have you checked out Talkify.com slash Tony? If you remembered what I said last week about it, it's the country's number one modern matchmaking service that's designed to help you achieve relationship success. You know, confidence is key when it comes to dating. But if you've struggled to find worthwhile connections, it can be difficult to feel your best when meeting new people. That is so true, and I can tell you that from experience. Now, with Talkify, you feel confident that you're meeting someone special who is picked just for you. Today, you get 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com slash Tony. That's T-A-W-I-K-F-Y dot com slash T-O-N-Y. Sound good? So let's do this. You're listening to the Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Erso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Go Fast and Take Chances with Mark Killens. And now, back to the chat with Mark. Mark, I want to flip this around a little bit more on you because you have such a wealth of knowledge on marketing. You seem to know where things are going. So I'm just curious if you could tell us some of the biggest challenges you've had in marketing and how you've overcome them. Marketing these days is tough because it requires a lot of focus uh, because there's so much stuff that a chief marketing officer could do, a business owner could do. Right? It's like all these things, I got to do this, I got to do that. There's this thing, there's new tactic, new tool, new channel. Holy moly, there's like a ton of stuff going on. Right? It's like, what do I focus on? So. You need some way to help you understand how to focus. So you might need a coach, a mentor, your your partner in life. You need someone to talk to about like how to focus. You need to you need to always be learning, and you got to figure out how to like go through that signal to noise, right? There's like there's so much noise, but you got to find the right signal. And one of the ways to do that is also just through experimentation. But then at the same time, you might be asking or telling yourself, "Well, Mark, you're telling me to focus. How do I focus if I'm constantly experimenting?" So it's tricky. So what I tell people today is you have to understand the art and science of building a business. The science is the numbers, right? It's really understanding the economics of the business. If you don't understand the economics of your business, you're going to really want to double click on that. Like after listening to this, you know, like how much money are we burning every month? How much money are we bringing in? How much cash do we have on hand? You know, what's the margins? Uh, how much does it uh, cost us to acquire a customer? What's the lifetime value of a customer? There's like six or seven key 
data points that every business owner should just know. Um, and if you don't, do some investigation and get to those numbers uh, over time. You might not know them right away, but like, over time, you got to know them. And then once you kind of know the science, you got to know the art, which is the brand, which is the community, which is the market, which is some of the marketing, right? And that's where it gets tricky because there is a lot of stuff you can do. You ultimately, though, have to realize you got to lead with your customers these days. Customer led anything is most important. I actually, I'm going to show you something really quick. This is, I was not expecting to do this, but I did this drawing the other day. These are like the different ways, you know, someone could go to market, right? You got like, you got, uh, you got sales led, product led, event led, content led, right? In the center of this whole thing is customer led. All of these different ways you could go to market today through content, events, free products, more traditional sales, right? Like outbound selling. It's the customer. So how do you infuse your customer into all of your marketing these days and all of your selling? That's my number one advice when it comes to focus. If you're not doing that or you're not doing it enough, do more of it. And I can pretty much guarantee that you will see a better result because who's... Who do they trust more? Like your you or your business? No, they trust they trust other people. They trust your customers, and you know you got to be the one helping bring those customers and and showing them off to the world. Because number one, they're gonna like that. Everyone has an ego. It's like the ego trap play. I call it. Use the ego trap play, and um, you know, lean in on that on that front. And uh, if you do that, I think you know some of the other tactics kind of you know work themselves out because. Customers will tell you where other customers are because you're talking to them more. You're you're using them in your marketing. Like you get close to the customer, basically. You know, I think you succinctly gave us the um, answered why the title of this episode is "Go Fast and Take Chances." That just sums it up just so nicely. Once again, we spoke with Mark Killens. Go fast and take chances, and you can find him at airmeet.com. Mark, I really enjoyed this. I'm going to listen to this again and get my brain around it. Because I'm going to use some of this. I'm going to use all of this strategy in my next book, Creating Your Vision. I just want to thank you so much for explaining this. My pleasure, Tony. Thanks, and uh, best of luck. And here's an insider's brief on skilling up and expanding the workforce. You know, over the last two years, the workplace has seen some drastic changes to accommodate for working from home. Many organizations were forced to expedite their digital transformations, thus introducing new advanced technologies. Now, the issue that continues to be raised by this rapid transformation is the difficulty of finding candidates with the right set of skills. Well, to discuss more about how earn and learn programs like apprenticeships can not only help organizations uncover hidden talent pools, but build a more skilled and inclusive workforce. We have with us Kelly Jordan, Director, Career Skills and Performance at IBM. Hi, Kelly. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tony. Thanks for having me. The honor is mine. Kelly, let's start at the top so I can get my wits around this as well as my audience. Perhaps let's start here. Can you tell us about this apprenticeship and what's so unique about it? Apprenticeship is an earn while you learn opportunity. So it's a program where apprentices are paid to learn skills for a particular role. It's a great alternative for people who maybe didn't think college was the right fit for them. They're able to build those skills and not take on student loan debt. 
It's also an opportunity for people who are maybe making a mid-career transition and trying to get into something new. I think what's so unique about it is that while apprenticeship has been around for hundreds of years in a variety of industries, we're really just now seeing apprenticeship take hold in these growth industries like technology. Now, Kelly, we have a labor shortage. We have people that have worked from home and now companies like Twitter, for example, are saying, oh, no, you got to come back. You got to come back. And there's this, it's unbalanced. So how do apprenticeships help take care of that as well as perhaps give us, for lack of a better wording, a more equitable workforce? We've got a lot of really talented people in the workforce who are running into an invisible barrier, a paper ceiling, if you will. They're not able to find a job or progress in a career because they don't have a degree, that piece of paper that indicates maybe that they have the skill. There's 62% of Americans that don't have a bachelor's degree. So in many cases, they're automatically ruled out of the labor pool today. And when you think about the skills that every company needs, even if they're not in the technology industry, they're a tech company now. We all need data analytics. We all need cybersecurity. So more and more companies are competing for the same talent pool, which has continued to get smaller and smaller. Programs like apprenticeship that don't require a degree are a great way to help solve that labor shortage. And because so many populations, especially the Hispanic population or the Black population, have a higher rate of people that don't have a degree, you've automatically been ruling them out of your candidate pool when you could have been bringing them in by offering programs like apprenticeship. I see. Let me get my wits around this, because when you think of apprenticeship, the old days was the the master would bring on somebody brand new that didn't know anything and teach them woodworking or whatever, you know, the old trade and guild program. But today it's a little different. So let me ask you the question, does a person need a particular type of skill in place already for the apprenticeship program to take them on and accept them? So for us, we actually look for the type of skills that are going to be transferable throughout the apprenticeship into full-time careers and across roles. Things like curiosity, growth mindset, adaptability, teamwork, and collaboration. The purpose of the apprenticeship is to teach you those technical skills, data science and cybersecurity and digital design. Um, So really, it's the skills that you may have learned in other types of jobs, other types of roles that help you to continue to progress and learn and challenge yourself in an apprenticeship that we're looking for. I see. And I see in the information, I've looked around a little bit. IBM has been doing this for five years. That says a lot right there. But I, but I look at it and go, why is it so important for IBM of all companies? What is it you're trying to do? Why? I mean, I, I, you know, there's this influx of people that are tech trained, but maybe they're not trained for the right type of jobs or the right programs that the future needs, which is my guess. Perhaps uh, you could fill us in a, a little bit on that. Many of them are trained, but I think so many companies have not necessarily been considering them as candidates. For us, we're always looking for the right mix of skills, but we have so many fast-growing areas in technology that sometimes it's just really challenging to keep up. Because there is such a demand for skills, starting a program like this was a bit of a no-brainer for us. It helped us to bring in more candidates to fill so many of these jobs that we needed to fill in areas like software engineering and design and data analytics, um, skills that we were competing for with so many other companies. Kelly, I want to ask you about if 
because I see a big need. We all see a big need for AI and different types of AI. And I'm wondering, as an example of IBM apprenticeships, if that is part of it, are you trying to go in a certain area? Perhaps this is two questions. Are you trying to go in a certain area and fill the need for a certain area, such as AI? Or as well as, could you give us examples of IBM apprenticeships so that anyone in the audience can get a better idea of, hey, I can apply for this? Yeah, it's absolutely an area where we do have apprenticeship today because that is such a growth area. We've got apprenticeships in about 25 different job roles. We've actually brought on almost 1,000 apprentices since we started the program five years ago. And they have come from all walks of life, former baristas and rideshare drivers and firefighters. Uh, One of uh, my favorite stories is actually about Jordan Bond, who was working at a car dealership doing accounting, and he ended up losing his job due to COVID. So he took his stimulus check and he bought himself a laptop and he signed up for some data science and Python courses online, which actually gave him those skills that he needed to come in and participate in our data science apprenticeship program. And he's actually working through that program right now as an apprentice at IBM. That's quite something. Now, you may have said it very quickly, but I want to just slow it down and make sure I understand it. Okay, the barista was a great example. And what's the minimum level, let's put it that way, that a person could qualify or could apply and, and would wind up qualifying? Perhaps we start there. What's what's the minimum entry uh, level on, uh, on, on, I guess, what you being selected for an IBM apprenticeship? It really is going to vary by role because we offer so many different types of apprenticeable roles. Those soft skills that we talked about earlier are going to be applicable across all of them. And then depending on the particular apprenticeship opportunity, um, if it's a software engineering apprenticeship, for example, we are looking for candidates who have had some minimal experience coding, only one coding language that they've maybe taken a class or two online. Um, you know, for data science, we're looking for some familiarity with math and some uh, awareness of some of our analytics programs, but it is considered very, very entry level. And then some of our roles don't require any of those technical skills at all, but it will be very specific to each apprenticeship role. I understand. And we have an audience here listening. And if you had a wish list and if there was a particular area, uh, was it something that you've just said? Or would you like to go ahead and say, hey, we're really looking for this or what the propensity of our spots that we want to fill are this. If there's anything you'd like to say, you have an open mic on that. I would say the biggest areas of growth that we continue to have are in software engineering, cybersecurity, and data science. Um, So if you are out there, especially looking at just so many of the free classes and you're sort of maybe piquing your interest there, definitely something to pursue. But you can also go out to our website, ibm.biz forward slash US Apprenticeship. And you can learn more about the program. You can see all of the roles that we have available. Um, and we even have some links to different learning programs out there. Sounds good. And with apprenticeships, there's usually a minimum amount, like a person signs up for five years. I, I, I'm not saying that is happening. I'm just saying I've heard of so many different programs. What's your program like in terms of you sign up and you get what kind of uh, I don't know what the wording is. Uh, what? How long would somebody be in this program and what could someone expect that on that part? Most of our programs last about 12 months. 
Um, there's a lot of self-paced learning that is included. So over the course of that 12 months, you're doing probably 200 to 250 hours of learning, but the rest of it is on the job training. You are part of an IBM team. You have a manager and a mentor and teammates who are coaching you and helping you to build those skills. And you're doing hands-on IBM work. So you're getting that real life experience and you're being able to apply those skills that you may have just learned in a class or an online learning. Sounds great, Kelly. Thank you so much. So ibm.biz slash US Apprenticeship. Did I say that right? US Apprenticeship.com? Uh, just ibm.biz slash US Apprenticeship. Okay, perfect. Yeah, there was a dot com here. No dot com, folks. That's no ibm.biz slash US Apprenticeship. Kelly, thank you so much for, uh, for explaining this. And I hope that the program meets with good success and we help a lot of people out there. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. We discussed Go Fast and Take Chances with Mark Killens. And at the end of the interview, he gave a very good summary that will explain why the title is Go Fast and Take Chances. We talked about some very important points here. ELG, event led growth. We talked about what it is, why it's important, why it's kind of like a marketing funnel to get your book, your product, your course, your class, your whatever you have to get that to the community. We talked about the different types of events and how to actually grow, even if you've never done it. Start with the online simple event and then bring into uh, market to those people and get a an in-person event or have multiple events during the week, sort of like summit style. There's different things you can do. We talked about it. Let that kind of sink into the brain here and see what you can come up with. It's given me a lot of things to think about for my new book coming out called Creating Your Vision. And this is something that any person of any size can do, whether you're one person, five or or more. He talked about a big company that's got five employees. I mean, today, it just takes the right idea and the right thing for even one person to make seven figures tomorrow. It's that fast. So yes, there may not be a lot of employees in your company. I understand this is the way to get more business, to get more customers. We talked about a number of these things. So let me ask you, what did we discuss that resonated with you? Let us know. And please remember supporting the show with a nice review on Apple Podcasts. You can access that from any web or mobile device of any kind. Please leave a kind review. Let's use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks. Remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds. Do good deeds. And join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Arso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.